Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Well, hello, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 183 of the People Powered Business Podcast. How are you? I hope whatever you're up to, you are having a fabulous day. At the time of recording, it is early spring and I am so excited to feel some warm weather arriving. I don't know about you, but I really, really dislike the cold. Um, I just I just hate it. And I tend to then uh, also kind of hibernate through winter. I don't like going out. I don't like having to do anything. So I love spring because I feel like I can stop hibernating a little bit and get out in the warmth. In fact, this morning I went for a walk and the mornings have still been cold where I am, but it was so beautiful and warm. So I am loving this time of year. And I find that spring has a bit of a new energy about it as well. And lots of the businesses I'm working with at the moment are recruiting and doing all sorts of exciting things. So I hope things are exciting for you as well. Now, on today's episode of the podcast, I wanted to, it's a really interesting topic. I was chatting with some other business owners about handling difficult conversations with their staff. And it dawned on me that people pigeonhole the topic of difficult conversations and think that the only type of difficult conversation they have to navigate as a business owner is that one where you've got that performance issue you need to deal with. And I know those kind of conversations and they are really, really difficult. Do not get me wrong. But when I'm working with our People Powered HR members and our Power Boss Coaching Program participants, I know that that is not the only type of difficult conversation that we need to deal with as business owners. And in fact, the list is very, very long. So today I wanted to chat about what are the other types of difficult conversations and why do they matter? Because they aren't just about performance dramas. And when we don't give the same time, attention and energy to the other types of conversations, what happens? What's the result? And so today I wanted to share with you the top 10 types of difficult conversations that I think every business owner will ultimately need to have in their business ownership journey because there are some common threads that just we all have to deal with at some point when we manage staff. And I often get people say to me, you know, I don't need to have difficult conversations with my staff because I've got an awesome team, which is great. But I guarantee you there are some things that an awesome team is going to ask you at some point that might be difficult to manage. So I thought I'd start by looking at what does difficult actually mean? Like, does, is difficult just about problems? And really, no. Difficult simply means it's that it is hard to do or to carry out. And difficult is characterized by causing problems. Really difficult is something that's just not easy. And when it comes to leading people in our business and the types of things we need to chat to them about, Performance management isn't the only thing that isn't easy, (laughs) and I'm going to share with you some examples. So with that lens on, I'm wondering from your perspective, if you really think about it, what other types of discussions do you have to have with your staff or have you had to have with your team in the past that haven't 
been easy for you? I'm curious because I'm willing to bet as you ruminate over that question, you can think of some things that weren't easy that had nothing to do with a performance problem. The other thing that I get a lot is it's a difficult person, therefore it's a difficult conversation. And that can be the case. And I know one of our members of our uh, Facebook group community recently shared that she's dealing with someone that is very argumentative and therefore every conversation she has with them. So these aren't just conversations about performance management, but every conversation is difficult because the nature of the person is difficult because they're so argumentative. But difficult isn't just about the person. It can also be about the situation. Like maybe you've got to deliver difficult news or maybe you need to tell someone about the result of a challenging decision you've had to make that you know is really not going to please them. Maybe it's difficult because the person you're dealing with is totally not difficult. They're lovely and they're so nice. And so you don't want to have any kind of conversation with them because you don't want to hurt their feelings. So sometimes the fact that we find it not easy is because the person is the exact opposite to being a problem for us. They're a delight to have around. So if you sit and sort of think on that for a moment, can you think of some scenarios where you've had to talk to one of your team, because that's all the conversation is, about something and you didn't find the conversation easy? Because I know when I think back to my consulting business days, I had lots of conversations that weren't easy. Many of them had absolutely nothing to do with performance issues. In fact, very few of them did. So it's interesting that we have a default position that the only type of difficult conversation we have in our business is difficult conversations around difficult people and their difficult performance (laughs) because it's simply not the case. So what happens when we don't put enough time, energy, attention into these other types of difficult conversations. I think the biggest thing is, like everything, when we put our focus on it and we've got a real intent, we tend to get the outcome we want. So conversely, when we don't focus on it, when we aren't clear on what we want the outcome to be, the likelihood is we won't master the conversation. The likelihood is we won't get the outcome that we want. The likelihood is we're going to fall into many of the traps that we are really trying to avoid, like rambling, like over-explaining, like filling in every gap of silence, like providing unnecessary compliments that kind of dilute the message. There's lots of things that are sort of, I want to say traps, but really they're just human nature things that we do when we're feeling uneasy, when we're feeling like we're in a situation that's not easy. And if we haven't put the time and attention into these other types of discussions, they can all be the results. At the extreme end, we might lose great people from our business, or we might fail to secure the ideal candidate for a role because we haven't put enough time, energy, and attention to the discussions we need to have in the recruitment process that aren't always easy. It's also very likely that whatever our message is, it won't land, whether it's with a potential employee, with a current employee. If we aren't very clear on what we want the outcome to be and we aren't putting the time and attention into mastering the conversation, it's very unlikely that what we're trying to say will actually be heard and resonate with the employee because we haven't put our time, attention and focus to it. 
So with that in mind, what are some other types of difficult conversations? I've come up with a list of 10 and I, as I was putting this list together, I, I actually had to cull heaps of other types of difficult conversations out. So as I was listing these out and thinking, okay, at every point in the journey that an employee takes with our business, what are the types of difficult conversations we need to have? And what I did is I overlaid the people pathway into my thinking. Now, if you're not familiar with the people pathway, this is the framework that we teach inside People Powered HR. It is the very pathway that every employee takes in our business. And it's the process we need to go through to ensure a successful employment relationship. There's planning, employing, onboarding, protecting, leveraging, and exiting. And so I went through all of those phases and put my mind to what are some types of conversations that are not easy, that are difficult and hard to carry out, that employers need to have, that business owners need to have when it comes to their people? And I had a hard time keeping it to 10. (laughs) I probably could have given you a list of 50, but these are 10 that I think every single business owner will need to deal with at some point in their journey as a business owner. So I've kind of started it from the beginning of the employment relationship to the end of the employment relationship. So it's got a bit of a chronological flow to it. Now, the first type of challenging conversation you may need to have, or you will need to have at some point, I'm absolutely certain of it, is around an offer of employment to particularly a counter offer, which I'll unpack in a moment, or when you're making an offer that you know is not quite enough, maybe financially or hours or some other way, for the ideal applicant to immediately know that it's a no-brainer and they're going to take it. So a counter-offer, for those not familiar with that term, is when someone applies for a job with you and you go, fantastic, you're great, I'm going to offer you a position. They go to their current employer to resign and the current employer makes them a counter-offer. They say say to them, we don't want you to leave, we're going to give you another $10,000 or something like that. And then the employee comes back to you and says, I've been offered something better to stay with my current employer. And you are then left in a situation where you need to make a decision around counter-offering again, getting into a uh, sort of bargaining, bidding war with the employee. And usually you're also in a situation where you feel totally crushed because you thought you had secured this new person. If you don't articulate your employment offer effectively, and position it in a way that it is a no-brainer, there is every chance you lose employees in this process. And this can be a difficult conversation to have. In fact, salary discussions for lots of people are incredibly difficult to have. I know so many employers and business owners who don't ask about salary expectations because they're uncomfortable. They don't find it easy. You've got to get comfortable with talking money with people. I'm very comfortable with talking money with people, but obviously that's a learned skill. In this offer of employment phase as well, you often need to have a difficult conversation because you know you are presenting an offer which perhaps isn't exactly in line with what you know is ideal for the candidate. And in fact, I was working with one of our Powerboss coaching clients recently on this very matter. They had the person they wanted. The person was significantly more expensive than what they were expecting. And there were some other challenges in the mix so they could meet the money But there was location issues. It was further away. There were other factors involved in the decision-making. So being a Powerboss coaching client, we workshopped that offer 
And this person was very intentional about knowing this was going to be a difficult conversation because it wasn't simply giving this person what they wanted, but crafting the conversation in a way that they could get the outcome that they wanted, which is the person coming on board. If you're in the allied health space, you will know how difficult it is to make an offer of employment to someone who is being counter-offered by a public health department <laughs> because you, if you're a private allied health clinic, you almost certainly cannot meet those conditions and stay in business. These are difficult conversations to have. So from the very outset, we might be having some difficult conversations at the offer of employment stage. What about when we're onboarding? What kind of difficult conversations do we need to have there? You might be surprised by this, but many business owners find it incredibly difficult to articulate their their expectations with their team. So the expectation setting conversations. And in fact, just you know, a few hours ago today, I was on a call with someone who shared that they had this challenge previously, that they in fact found it hard to set expectations for even a work experience participant in their business because they were not comfortable having that conversation. They did not find it easy to have expectation setting conversations. And that was a skill they had had to work on. And you may resonate with that. You may feel that by having a conversation to set expectations, you're being bullish, bossy, too direct. None of that's the case, of course, but many of us find it incredibly difficult to have expectation-setting conversations. Once you've got someone in place, we have a whole range of difficult conversations you are going to need to have. The one that comes to mind a lot is effectively delegating tasks. Now, if you find yourself in a micromanagement spiral, the likelihood is you find it incredibly difficult to have a delegation conversation, to delegate tasks effectively. You end up saying, I'll just do it myself because it's easier and it's quicker and I'll do it right. The reality is you haven't been able to navigate the delegation conversation effectively. And delegating can be challenging and it can be difficult. And if it's not something you are accustomed to, it's certainly not an easy conversation to have. There is a structure and a framework for having an effective delegation conversation and for effectively delegating things to your team. So delegation is absolutely a tricky talk that you need to have. What about performance reviews? Now, a couple of years back, actually, one of our people-powered HR members, the wonderful Lauren, shared with us that she didn't do performance reviews with her team. She knew she should. And her team were actually asking for them, but she had been reluctant to do them because she didn't know how to have the conversation. She had a lot of concerns about the questions she'd be asked, the salary increases she'd get requested, that they'd want a promotion or a pay rise, that she couldn't give them what they wanted. So she just didn't have the conversation. Now, that's not the right approach. And I could give you a whole reason to stop avoiding difficult conversations. But a performance review discussion was something that she simply found too difficult to have. So she was avoiding doing it. And when she stopped avoiding it, she had some awesome results from doing them. So if you're avoiding performance reviews, please stop. But performance reviews can be really challenging conversations because you want to give honest feedback. You want the employee to be honest with you about how they're feeling about work. And yes, sometimes they also involve other conversations about other things, and that can be challenging to manage. 
I work, I'm working with the team really closely at the moment where we're implementing quarterly performance reviews and the leadership team are finding the conversations incredibly difficult and they're getting really stuck in the weeds about the right feedback and they're struggling to give honest feedback because, again, they're worried about hurting people's feelings, which is, again, a common issue we have. So performance reviews are a really common, difficult conversation. And coming out of the performance reviews, there are two other types of difficult conversations that I see surrounding this same thing, salary negotiations and promotion requests and expectations. Now, if you're a small business owner, you potentially dread the salary discussions (laughs) because being in small business is hard. You've got lots of things you've got your eyes on. And when someone is coming to you with salary negotiation discussions, it can be incredibly challenging because you don't want to lose the person, but you can't necessarily afford to just keep giving them salary increases. Perhaps you're uncertain about what the market rate should be or what the appropriate increase should be. You might not want to have that discussion about, I take this on board, however, you're not quite worth that (laughs) because that's a confrontational discussion, right? And they can be incredibly difficult discussions. And again, certain industries have bigger challenges here than others. And allied health comes right to the top of my mind again here. But salary negotiations and salary discussions and salary increase request discussions, very challenging. I don't know a business owner that hasn't had that challenge in their business journey. And along with that, promotion discussions. I want to move up. I want to climb the ladder. What do I need to do to get that promotion, to move into that role? Again, in small business, really hard sometimes to have those discussions because you don't necessarily have a hierarchy they can climb. You don't necessarily have a next role in place just now for them to go to. Or possibly you just don't think they're worthy of a promotion right now. They can be really, really difficult discussions to have. Actually, that team that I'm working on the reviews with at the moment has this issue constantly. It is partly generational with the particular team that they've got, but their people want to move quickly. And the challenge is they're performing really well, but it's not a big business. There's not a lot of places for them to go. And sometimes it's just about time and you do need to have just lived experience in a role before making a move. It's not because you're not doing the role well or anything like that. So they're certainly tricky conversations. And one that comes sort of secondary to those, and I think we're going to see more and more and more of this, is requests for flexible work arrangements and flexibility demands, really, from employees. I don't want to come back to the office. I'll only work remotely. I want to change my hours. We have a legal obligation now to consider and, where possible, abide towards flexibility requests for a very large range of our employees. But for many business owners, we don't want to be that flexible. (laughs) I was in a Facebook group recently where someone shared that they were struggling to find staff, a particular role to be filled. They were insistent it could not be work from home in any way, shape or form, yet it was a very digital role, and were wondering why they couldn't find anyone. And I didn't chime in, but I did read all the comments. And every single respondent stated, if you're not willing to be flexible, you've got no chance finding someone. Flexibility is the new norm. And having flexibility conversations for someone that wants more flexibility than what you can really manage is, again, very, very difficult, not an easy conversation to have. Moving through that, 
What happens when we're dealing with maybe someone who is towards the end of their employment cycle with us? Conflict resolution conversations. You've got one team member coming to you with a complaint about another team member. Or maybe you've got a customer who has complained about a team member or a supplier. Maybe a, maybe a team member's complained about a supplier and you've got to mend that relationship. Conflict resolution is an art form, I will say. And there are specialists out there who specialize in just this in workplaces because it is such a massive area. The more people you have on your team, the more the length of time you've been in business, you will have to deal with conflict. No two ways about it. Hopefully not between two team members, but it does happen more often than you might think. And then you've got a really difficult discussion on your hands with each of those people individually, with maybe facilitating a mediation kind of conversation between them, with getting a beneficial outcome for everyone that actually mends the relationship and doesn't send it off into toxicity land. Conflict resolution is incredibly difficult to navigate as a business owner. Of course, then, as you're moving towards that end of life cycle, you will have to have performance management conversations with someone on your team at some point. And whilst that is the type of conversation that everyone thinks is the only type, it's not, but it is absolutely one of the biggest types of difficult conversations that you'll need to have. And of course, finally, at some point, you are going to need to exit someone from your business, whether you're terminating them on performance grounds, you're terminating within probation because they're simply not working out, maybe you need to make a position redundant because that happens in business and it's not a bad thing. Sometimes the positions we needed to get us to one point in our business are not the same positions we need to move forward. And we need to make a position redundant. And sometimes that means the person we're talking to is someone we really like and who have done really great work for us, but we simply don't need their position anymore. It's not financially viable to keep that role on. That's a tough conversation to have. That is just 10 As I said, I could have named 50 types of difficult conversations to have. Number one, offers of employment and counteroffers. Number two, expectation setting. Number three, delegation conversations. Number four, performance reviews. Number five, salary negotiations. Number six, promotion requests. Number seven, workplace flexibility expectations. Number eight, conflict resolution. Number nine, performance management. And number 10, a termination or redundancy conversation. I'm sure as you're thinking through this, you can think of at least 10 more types of difficult conversations you need to have with your team. So it is an ongoing challenge that you're going to need to navigate. And it's not just about when you've got a problem with performance on your team. If you know that mastering difficult conversations is something you need to spend some time on, and I can tell you it is the number one skill you need to have in order to lead effectively in your business, I'd love for you to join us for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop, which at the time this episode goes live will be kicking off in less than a week. If you just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash power week, because it is a week-long workshop, um, you can find all the information to join us. It's going to be an in-depth, interactive, three-part online workshop. There's loads of bonuses included, and you can join us for just $47 for the week, and it is going to be brilliant fun. All the registrations we've got so far, I'm so looking forward to working with this group of people. So if this is something you know is a challenge for you, jump over to that link. It'll be in today's show notes wherever you're listening to this episode. And I would love to see you at the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop.
That is a wrap for me for today. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. And I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of the People Powered Business Podcast. <laughs>